You're listening to a 7th edition Call of Cthulhu podcast titled Cthulhu in Cairo, brought to you by the Bardic College. Please remember to like, share, and subscribe to the show to receive notifications as our future episodes release. You can visit us on Facebook at the Bardic College. Viewer discretion is advised. Welcome to another podcast brought to you by the Bardic College. This is Cthulhu in Cairo. I'm your keeper, I'm Raz, and I have Joel uh, here playing Sid Poulter. Joel, in case people are just joining in to a, halfway through the adventure or into this segment, just give us a real quick rundown again on Sid. Uh, Sid is a World War One veteran. He's basically an engineer. He's a multiplex or a Swiss blade knife kind of character. He's uh, kind of can fix anything, do anything, locksmithing, lock picking, uh, engineering, chemistry, that kind of stuff. So he's uh, sort of can fix anything or help the group in many different ways. And we have Melinda playing Faye Dawson. Melinda, what do we need to know about Faye right now? Faye Dawson is a 27-year-old explorer from Brooklyn, New York, who really needs to learn how to watch her mouth. <laughs> well, there you go. Nice. Moving on to moving on to watching mouths. Uh, we're, we have Lauren playing Catherine Ross, the the nurse uh, the nurse of Great Bedside Manor. Catherine. So Catherine Ross is just your average, not quite friendly World War One combat nurse who currently, if you um, were joining us last episode, you'll remember she's now soaked in formaldehyde. So. You know, she smells like a basket of flowers today. So. Yeah, true, true. Really and loving it. Kayla, you're playing uh, Aveline Hammond. Tell us real quick a little bit about Aveline. Uh, if you haven't heard by now, uh, Aveline is a primary school teacher, although she's got some friends in various places around the world and around London, so she has her uses elsewhere, but uh, also very good at persuasion. She is very, very crafty with her words. And finally, uh, Professor John Smalley is being played tonight by Scott. Scott, what what do we uh, know a little bit about John? What what's what's special about John Small? Uh, well, first of all, yeah, yeah. I got Freudian it. Freudian slip there, sir. My Professor bad. John Schooley. Stop projecting onto John Schooley. <laughs> he is a uh, he is a humble Canadian gent. Uh, finds himself as a head of the uh, history department at the University of Lisbon. Now he's a learned man, a man of books. He. Um, is a fan of the ladies, uh, as he is also of them. He uh, knows his way around a gun, uh, also, uh, being a World War One vet, and uh, currently kind of uh, doing somewhat clandestine work around the world with uh, with a special group that he's a member of. Okay, great. Just a real quick recap. Our, our group from Last Adventure sort of found themselves in a situation after a gala where they were invited to an after party celebrating the revealing of a new ancient art, Egyptian artifact, the Barge of Seti. And unfortunately, they uh, were f- fell upon at that party by a, a group of thugs demanding a book, Portuguese book of poetry, The Night of Disquiet. The situation unfurled a little bit. Uh, shots were ex- a shot was exchanged. An in- innocent bystander was injured. But at the end of the night, somehow the the scene was was talked down, and everyone was. The police arrived. And people were arrested and taken away. And the police said they'd meet the next morning. That sets the stage for today, for the last episode, where they gathered in the museum office and found out that. There's some shenanigans going on with the police. Perhaps an investi- a detective they now believe may have not been an actual police detective came, took some key evidence from them. Fortunately, they did have some copies, some mimeographs, which were a real thing at that point. And they are also lucky enough and or forth for thinking enough to not lose the key, uh, a key that they believe is part of a lockbox at an, an older bank in the center of London. That's sort of where we're at. So... Um, We'll pick up there. Catherine, you were going to try to contact the police. So uh, Percival Reese lives in a town called Tunbridge Wells. 
It is a small hamlet. It does have mm-hmm. a train station a few miles outside of it, but it is definitely a small hamlet off the coast of the western what rail of uh, out of London. Uh, and it's about an hour five minutes by a steam train. So um, you wanted to try to contact the police there. Is that correct? Yes, to just see if they would go and check on Mr. Reese. Okay, so you put a call through to the mm-hmm. um, the constabulary of Tunbridge Wells. Go ahead and make a luck roll, and let me know if you have a hard success. Come on, luck. So my luck is exactly a 44, and I rolled a 44. Okay, so the operator does connect the call. It does ring for a good minute and a half, and then the operator interjects back in and says, I'm sorry, there's no answer and pulls the cord and disconnects the call. Try um, to remember, we're dealing in a, an era of, you know, Tunbridge Wells. Um, actually, Lauren, you're fr- you're a Londoner, by, by na- you're, you're a native New Yorker living in London for a while, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay, you're so... New Yorker. Aveline isn't there. Faye, you're a New Yorker as well. So the two of you would not know exactly where Tunbridge Wells is or what it consists of. So that's something you can maybe bring to the group and, and may have a Londoner be able to sort of sort some of that information out for you. So do you guys want, do the two ladies want to head back to the office, uh, Percival Reese's office? Yeah, maybe uh, maybe Sid, since he's a native Londoner, can right. maybe give us some info on how to get around or give us some information on the area. Okay. So we'll do that. So you guys, uh, ladies, you make your way back through the museum yep. exhibits, past Seti's barge. It is still rowing in the mechanical way that it was set up to do with the steam engine and everything. And you make your way back to Percival Reese's office, throw open the door. Aveline is standing there speaking with the, the gentleman. It looks like, um, make a spot hidden roll. Uh, nope, I botched that. That's not a problem. Dun, 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 spot hidden, critical success. You absolutely are aware that somebody has rummaged through this room. You know that this is not the way Jeez. this room was left. As good as it was, I mean, it, uh, it's not ransacked, it's not thrown about, but... Books are out of a place, and the daily planner that was closed is open on the desk. Doesn't mean much except that there's only three people in the room, so you're aware mm-hmm. that your team has gone through and investigated. Okay, so I open the door, I see this, and I go, so what do we find in the desk? Wah, wah, wah. Anybody want to answer? Nothing. Nothing really? really? Yes, I was looking through his day planner to see if he maybe had a meeting, or if he was supposed to be here today, or if he was scheduled to be home, but there was nothing. Okay, well, we just tried to call his house three times, pissed nope. off. Uh, oh, yes, I'm sorry, you called the house, yep. Yep, so we called his house three times, pissed off the phone lady, mm-hmm. nothing. And then we also tried to call the local police, but couldn't get through to them either. So, Catherine, why don't you, do you announce the name of the, the uh, hamlet that he lives in? Oh, yeah, it's like, um. so we have his address here, I show everybody the card. He lives in a town called Turnbridge Wells. So, any Londoners, if you want to make me a roll... You can make a roll on uh, an intel roll, a history roll, or if, unless somebody took geography, I doubt it. That's not a normal skill. Um, I'll use intel. Uh, yeah, I'll use my intel. God dang it. I got a 82. It's like two off of a hard, that's two off of a hard success. Okay, so actually you've then been to Turnbridge Wells, Sid, maybe on a, a day shooting in the countryside or something you were invited out there by an old friend. Matter of fact, it could have been at Reese's, with that role, maybe you actually have been to Reese's house because of your past connection in the army. And you tell you tell the rest of the team that Turnbridge Wells is a hamlet. Uh, it's several miles from a, a train station, but if it would not shock you that the one officer on duty may not be in. You know, it's a small hamlet at best. You're talking about one cop, maybe a secretary, and that's right. It's going to be a regional, yeah, a regional. Yeah, it's probably part time. So she, you know, they have they have somebody there, a local, but it's it's you know, it doesn't shock you that there's no answer. The whole town probably has maybe 175, 200 people in it. All right. 
So okay. we're so so Sid has told us that he's been to the guy's house. Maybe Sid, that's up to you how you want to say that. Yeah, I'll say I'll say that I uh, not only have I been to turn to Turnbridge Rails, but I've also been to Percival's house. Okay, and is uh, friend of a friend. So is it like a country estate? Does he live with neighbors around? What? So, uh, Sid, if if you're good with the information, I mean, this is all knowledge they could get eventually anyway. Yeah, um, sure. It, it's a country estate that his wife's family uh, left her and left the two of them, you know, that they were married and it was her parents' home. It is a nice house. I mean, we're not talking Downton Abbey, but we're talking about they do have, you know, a servant. His salary is strong. I mean, he is the head of a department. So um, like Matthew from Downton Abbey. Yes. It's like a, it's an estate, but yeah, but it's not a mansion. Right? No, no, not a mansion. And it does sit on quite a bit of land. It's probably got right. 30 acres. So, yeah, my it's re- an estate. Yeah. My reasoning for asking this, I guess, is if something's going to happen to this man, are there neighbors to see him and help him? <laughs> Apparently no. Uh, no. No, no, it's no he pretty, lives on a uh, lane. Okay. Uh, he pretty has remote. some woods on the property. He's got a small pond. Typical, you know, again, two-story home, maybe four or five bedrooms total, but it's 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 well accrued. Well, we could certainly go out there. Poor person. Absolutely. Yeah, maybe we should. Yeah, why don't we go check on him? If you're concerned, I think we should go check on him. Everybody okay with that? I agree. Um, um yeah. I think it's I think it's very strange that, you know, there was a fire at the hospital where there's bodies and a witness, fire at the bookshop. Sure. Some guy yeah. coming up stealing our book. Let's go. Probably be up fire at our hotel tonight when we go back. So I'm not too, not in too much of a rush to get back to the hotel. Not to be the devil's voice here, but are we sure we should be going without notifying the police of our whereabouts at this point? Because if we are there and something should happen, it's the five of us again. No other witnesses. I see what you're saying, Aveline, but honestly, I don't know if I want to get the cops involved. We don't know who's a real cop. Or who isn't, and we don't know who's feeding each other information. I don't think the cops need to know wherever we're going. I say, what do you mean by unequipped? Well, considering we were held up at gunpoint last night, is any of us versed in a weapon? Does anyone have one on us right now? I I open my coat. I open my coat, and you see that I'm actually armed underneath uh, my coat. Oh, sweet lord. Okay. Well, uh, he's ready. How How about you? I point to Sid. I don't know. Would I would I have my pistol with me, Keeper? Is that something that would you be... You tell me. You're a Londoner, Joel. The restrictions on handguns in London in the 1930s were fairly strict, mm-hmm. not to the point they are today. It's not something you bantered about and talked about. Gentlemen carried, obviously. Tended to be concealed, but if you used was... it in a crime, it was a bad thing. All right, so I'll say it this way then. I think the smart the smart play here is that being a being a war veteran, probably having the effects of that, and and Sid's history is that he actually left London to move to a very small hamlet northwest uh, in England to get away from noise because of all of the uh, the noise mm-hmm. and what he did in the war. I'm going to say that he probably carries his war he probably carries his pistol wrapped, let's say, in a shirt or something in his luggage. Because that would have been long before people would have checked it anyway. So I would have to probably go back to the hotel to retrieve it. That would probably be the, I don't want to play it incorrectly. So that would be the right thing to do. It. Okay. So you don't have your pistol on you. That's fine, but you can get it. Um, yeah. Ladies, it's up to you how you want, if you're, if you're planning on going back to the hotels or not. I got, What's I got the best a, way for us to I get to the village first. Should we, should we arrange for a car? Obviously, I think we want to get there as quickly as possible, right? Yeah. Why don't we, uh, we pick a, a common meeting place? 
um, where we can uh, we can reasonably meet. I'll arrange for a car, and um, and everybody can can go and get what they need, and we'll meet uh, back at such and so place. Um, Actually, with the car this, ready to go. At this time, it would probably be faster for us to take the train, John. You know, um, the train well, trains were everywhere train at that time. Yeah, uh, well, this is but, be a then we're stuck in it, but then we're but stuck in it. He said it's an hour. He said it's an hour away by train. Mm-hmm. Um, and there were roads, um, very much so. England, like Ireland, is a terrible place to drive in because roads don't have direct access. It's like you got to go 12 miles this way to come back, six miles to come down. Right. It, it, it is slow. I, we'll, we'll see how long it takes you to get to they're the same roads that uh, They're the same roads that carriages went by. Yeah, but remember, this uh, is also the 1920s, not the 1940s. 30s. So the this cars is the 1930s. Yeah, this is the 1930s. Very different. Cars are doing just fine. Yeah, yeah cars are yeah, doing pretty well. I'm concerned that if we're not driving, we're going to get stuck in some hamlet where shit might be going down and we don't have transportation. Okay, Plus, so train schedules and everything. I mean, it's going to, you know, it's an hour train ride, and who knows when the next train leaves. So, what, so it, without checking the train schedule, which is fine, you're deciding that you would prefer to go by car, and the car has to be able to fit five of you. So, it mm-hmm. needs to be something on a larger side uh, or with rumble seats. Uh, what um, two, to do? Uh, a back seat will do. There were bench seats back then. Yep, Three people in a back seat, two people yep. in the front. That's yeah, actually, a rumble, rumble seat was an American invention. It was not a British thing. Oh, is that right? I, okay, so I oddly up. enough just watched the show on old old cars in England, and uh, they were surprised. They didn't know what you a rumble do? seat was. Okay, so I'm, I'm you're going to take disadvantage on your next five rolls for correcting the keeper, and we'll just go for it. <laughs> so, no, but uh, that's fine. So. Um, make a decision. Right. So we'll just say everyone's going to meet at Sid's hotel with what, an hour, hour and a half. Yeah. Now my yeah. question is, do we want to go to our hotel rooms alone or do we want a buddy? Because well, I live here. So I live here too. So okay, I've got a house. Well, I, does anybody? Um, no, no, I think Faye is, I think Faye is, uh, is, is onto something there. We, yeah. we gave that gentleman all of our addresses and whereabouts. Absolutely. Great. Okay, so, so, so we so definitely um we geographically well, split up who's who's where we go in pairs we we well, get guns let's well, go just let me know who's who's going with whom. Well, let's let's say there this. I mean, us. where would we get so, a car keeper? Would uh would would the hotel I'm staying at be able to have like a house car to uh to arrange for or something like that? Your club would. Uh, the hotel would okay. it would it would be a charge. The club would probably be able to get you one on the uh, much more reasonable and a nicer car. I, I'm going to uh, I'm going to take a I'm going to take a taxi, a carriage, or what have you that's mm-hmm. available to the club. And I would encourage I would encourage a, a buddy system. Absolutely. Are we all staying at different hotels, or are we at the same hotel because we had all attended the same? No, that- you're all different parts of the of you're all different. Not I mean you're not out of different quarters of London. But there's many places. One of you is maybe in Leicester Square. I mean, yeah, the, you're not super far apart, but probably well, about all four of you live there, right? Through two of them, two uh, two live in London. Joel's visiting from outside of London, so he has a small room. But he's been here for about a week and a half, setting or two weeks setting up the exhibit. So he's mm-hmm. he may be renting a room for a month, and then Faye and yourself are from out of town. Oh, I thought Faye was working with the museum already. She is, but she's she only arrived a few days ago, and she, the expedition is leaving soon. So I they see. just they just put her up in a room. And I, I say it. I say the two people who live here go. I think we would be like what can we say like a good place to live would be Hammersmith, the Hammersmith area. So like we would ha- go back to our flats, 
together and then the people living in hotels or renting rooms go the other way because that would be a different business hospitality area i guess I yeah don't know. make a long story short just tell me if anybody is going with a pair what the pair is i'm going um, with Catherine. if that's all right with Catherine. let's let's do this the three of us faye sid and, and john yep we'll grab it we'll grab a taxi we'll go by the club they can drop me off in front of the club Right. Um, and then they can head off. And um, you guys just tell me uh, ahead of time, we're going to say pick. We pick whatever is the most central location of whoever's place. Fine. Um, Sid's place. Yeah, Sid's place. So that's where we're all going to meet. And then I'll get the car from the club and then head to Sid's place after that. So by the time okay. this all gets sorted, it's 2.30, quarter to three. We're going to what meet at five, two hours, hour and a half. Good. Yes. So one of you t- takes a look at the train schedule. The next available train is 5.15, so the car is actually probably going to be about the same anyway if you're leaving at 5. But the difference is, like Catherine said and John's pointing out as well, you will have your own mode of transportation. And instead of getting to the train station and needing a car from there, you can go directly to Reese's house, Percival Reese's house. So that will be a time savers in, in, in that regard. So the car in this case is going to work out just fine. So first we'll need the three of you grabbing the cab. You step out of the, of, of, uh, the museum. Uh, Miss Crete has ordered a cab for you. It pulls up. You get in. Anybody, let's have the, let's say. Does anything seem, does everything seem normal about the cab? I'm kind of like on yes. edge of my edge of my seat at this point. So, yeah. uh, But you can all make a spot hidden roll. Oddly. By that yeah, roll, I'm not in a cab, maybe. Uh, I mean, How, was that a regular success, Sid? That's just a regular success, yeah. The cab is perfectly, the, the license on the cab looks fine. Everything appears normal inside the cab. The weather, the, you know, the wear, the smells of the cab, nothing seems out of out of place at all. With your success, you do believe that you are being followed, but after a block or two, the car does veer off and your nerves start to settle down. So you're, you know, you're, you're not intrinsically feeling like, oh, you know, it's like a Hollywood movie followed. Right, right, right. Now, you, you, had, you had one cab with you for a part of the, de- you know, the journey, but eventually it bro- breached off. And uh, you, you, you know, you don't see anybody else following you. You're making lefts and rights to get to your hotel and everything's uh, to the club first, rather. Okay. And you're, you're there. So the taxi pulls up. John disembarks, says, I'll see you back. Sid, he takes Sid's address down, writes it on the back of a card or Sid hands him a card. And uh, John goes into this very, very uh, – it's a standalone building, uh, really beautifully accrued on the front. Um, Georgian-type architecture, very nice. Big stone pillars. And across the top, you can see it very clearly marked. And there's a big sign, a brass sign in the uh, in the yard on the lawn itself that says the Cobalt Club. Oh, I didn't realize John was so fancy. So he starts making his way to the front door. He waves and he gives a ho-ho and disembarks. And ho-ho. Whatever. And knocks ho, on ho, the front ho. door. Ho-ho-ho. He's knocks a ho-ho on the front door. Uh, a very distinguished looking gentleman in a black suit, very smart tie and small spectacles, sees John, looks left and right, and the cab starts to pull away as John walks inside and the door is shut behind him. Sid and Faye, you're in route. So Catherine and Aveline, are you going together to some which one of your houses first? I guess we go to Catherine's first. Fine. Maybe. Both make a spot hidden roll. I only got a 56. I got uh, my spot hidden is 65, but it's not that great. Come on, spot hidden. I'm, I'm t- no. Kayla, same thing. Uh, so Aveline, uh, Aveline is looking out the back window. The cab appears to be normal. It was ordered by the museum itself. Everything appears to be okay with that part, but you definitely start to get a, a, a lurking suspicion in the back of your head that 
There is a, a large black sedan following you, but about two or three blocks before Catherine's address is, you know, coming into, into the purview of the right street and everything, thing veers off and makes its way down a, a separate street. So you kind of watch it for a second. It doesn't just park. It doesn't do any of that stuff. It just makes its way and drives and everything appears to be normal after that. So you get to Catherine's house. Catherine, the two of you disembark the cab. Do you tell the cab to wait for you? Yes. So the cabbie will wait. He sits there idling. You go inside. You grab your possessions. I don't know, you know, just quickly think what an overnight bag would have in it. Do you have a weapon or are you bringing one? I'm bringing both. You go ahead and take your weapons with you. And then I'm going to ask you to also make a spot hidden roll inside your home. Hopefully this one's better. It's my own house. Can she get an advantage because it's her house? Thank you, Kayla. I wasn't. I asked that before the roll, but like, I'm just saying she would know if things were out of No, place. no, no. It's, it, it's. It was no, no. very kind. No, it's and that's <laughs> that's perfectly understandable. Go ahead, Catherine. Give me another roll. That again. I'm gonna start using my app. Yeah, okay. join me, join me, please. So, okay. um, no, you're fine. Everything appears to be normal. Nothing appears out of the ordinary. Grand. You are about to leave. You're getting your stuff together, and the phone rings. Um. Okay. How long do phones ring? Did Until you invite me inside the house? By the way. Yes, you're with her. You went in pairs. Okay. Probably like, well, uh, probably like am six I waiting times in the cab? The like if I was waiting in the cab or something, like if she didn't want me to come in, I don't know. No, uh, I would have wanted you to come up. We're there's potential. Uh, so yeah. I quickly poke my head out of my apartment. Is there anyone in the hallway? No. Damn it. Fourth ring. You're gonna ignore it. You're going to. I'm ignore debating it? what to do. I'm debating what to do. Fifth ring. There's only eight. No, I don't know that. I think there's only um, six. Phone drops. Well, okay. Stops. Okay. Paul's disconnected. All right, that's fine. I was debating. No, it's no big deal. It's fine. I linger for about a, another minute, minute and a half. Do I get a call back? No. Okay. I'm going to go now. <laughs> I go now. Still, okay. Still smelling Bone. of formaldehyde. I descend the Bone stairs. bad. I leave. Never <laughs> to go back behind. on return again. You shut the door behind you. You lock it. You make your way back out to the cab. Do you leave the smelly shirt? No, she grabbed clothes to get changed yeah, later. Yeah, I'm. I I freshened up. Uh, Kayla, luck roll. Oh hell. Ay ay ay. No no. Eighty five. You guys jump in the cab and you go and you head for your your place. Uh, Sid, I take it since everyone's meeting at your place, you'll do Faye's room first. Yes. Makes the most sense, right? You make your way to Faye Dawson's uh, hotel. Faye, you're staying at a. Fairly nice hotel. I mean, it's not overly lavish because of the budget of the museum. They're putting more money, you know, they put more money into the, the actual digs itself. But it's a it's a very clean room, very nice. You're on the fourth floor. You walk in and uh, you you start walking past the front desk. Do you ask if there's any messages for you? Yes, I was going to say, um, I want to talk to the desk manager. Okay. He says, good evening, ma'am. How can I help you? Good evening. Um, I sent a telegram this morning and I'm just wondering if I have any, if I received a message back. Uh, my name is Faye Dawson. Uh, room, ma'am, fourth floor, correct? 417. Oh, he says, yes, ma'am. This just arrived a few mo- about, a, about a half an hour ago. And he hands oh. you a note. Excellent. Okay. Um, read it. Okay. My darling daughter, stop. Need more time to investigate. Stop. Not very familiar with Alistair Crowley. More of a charlatan in my mind, but we'll do what I can. We'll endeavor to try to find any information out. Stop. Can you please pass on name of author of book? Don't seem to have any record of it here. Stop. I miss you. Dad. I asked the front desk manager to uh, send a telegram back to my father, telling him the author of the book, and um, telling him I'm having a lovely time in London. 
and that I look forward to seeing him and telling him about all of my new adventures. Okay. So yeah, the, the book was only published a few years ago. And again, it's a Portuguese poet book. So in NYU's library, they may not have had that yet. It's not like, you know, every new book that comes out in, uh, you know, in Europe immediately goes over to NYU. But however, that doesn't mean that he won't have other works from Pessoa. It's just he, he, when you sent it, you only sent him the name of the book, yeah. The Night of Disquiet. And he didn't have an author because when he looked, he, there's no reference to that book. So that'll help him a little bit on, his, on, on trying to uncover some information. So your contact's working in the background. You enter your apartment, uh, the, the hotel room. Everything appears to be normal, but go ahead and give me a spot hidden. Nope. Okay. So the fact that the bath towel has been tied into a noose and hung over the shower curtain, nothing bothers you with that. Uh, everything appears to be normal. I'm only joking. Um, yeah. It's just, you know, for, <laughs> for the kids at home, that was a 93. So probably missed it if she walked right past it. You know, the, instead of the little towel animals, it's a smashed face made of, made of soap. Nice. Punched him. Without uh, your next with the hand towels. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so you gather your things, you throw an overnight bag together. Do you carry Do you carry anything, Faye, specifically guns or anything? Um, I carry a revolver with me. Okay, so you put that in your luggage, or do you put that in your purse? Um, Backpack, knapsack, because you're an adventuring type. Maybe you have a knapsack. Yeah, I have. Um, I have sort of like a little, um, just like over the shoulder messenger bag. Yes, it's like a backpack. It's like one of those weird, like tr- triangle backpacks that have like a strap that goes across your chest. I don't know. Maybe it's somebody a, else has a name for a it. Bandolero? It's a knapsack. Bandolero. <laughs> okay, well, I have... Hey, I have that goes over my... Um, strap goes over my chest, and that's where I put gun in there. Okay. So everybody, get, everybody gets uh, suited up there. You come back down. You come out. Sid is waiting like the gentleman that he is, uh, lying on the bed with his shoes off. Um, he's already lit one of your cigars. Uh, so that... So, but he has rated the scotch. So we'll just say that he has a he has a neat one, and then uh, escorts you back down to the to the cab, and where the two of you make your way over to Sid's hotel. Sid, you're a working a working Joe. Even though you were in charge of the uh, setting the exhibition up, you didn't have a place quite like this nice. It's a little bit more mundane, but still very functional, very clean. Go ahead and make me a luck roll as you arrive at your at your establishment for where you're staying. So you made your luck roll. He's a lucky bastard. Yeah, you recognize a, a cab is sitting a little bit further down the street, and you believe in your heart of hearts as you help Faye Dawson throw her luggage in the back of this cab and get organized that it looks to be the same driver, same hat, sitting about 20 feet away, 30 feet away down the street. So now you're on the suspicion that you're being followed again. Okay. All right. So you make your way over to your apartment. Again, if this guy is who he says, if, if it's them, they already know where you live. So it's not like this is all... You know, right, right, right. Mouse these guys out. So of they're it. sort of, uh, they're sort of waiting for me to come back. Well, this was outside of Faye's place. You, Faye, you went in pairs. Great idea to go in pairs alone. Mm-hmm. This could have been tragic, but at the moment, you're okay. So everybody does their thing, and just to make it to speed it up, you head back to your place. You pack your overnight bag. You take all of your accoutrement with you. I do not bring my one gun. Okay, because it's too to... big. Oh, that one. Okay, the bazooka. So that doesn't come with yes. you. Um, <laughs> yes, my bazooka. Am I in bazooka? your house? <laughs> uh, yes, but I tell you to have a seat in the drawing room and have a look out the window because that's the best view of the street. Intel roll, Catherine. What an idiot! <laughs> you no, silly I'm idiot. actually no, I'm no, saying no, no. that because Aveline, hold on. I thought you're using the app. Actually, yeah. Can I use the app? 
You rolled that. Wow. No. Wow. Rolled. <laughs> I'm rolling. I'm rolling that again, audience. I, Why? 46. Why? 46. Oh my god. That, that I, I got is, that. I got that. Tidings there. Okay. Um, abuse. Keeper, I'm telling you, I'm doing that because I've in my head, my apartment, the living room off to the side would have the best view of the street. I understand that. I get it. This place is really nicely decked out for a school teacher. She has really nice taste. Moving on. Yes. That's what all you, you uncover. Well, I said moving on. We don't have to get into this now. It's coming. <laughs> all right. Well, I go upstairs and... Upstairs? Do... You got two floors? Yeah. It's a semi-detached. It's a little townhouse. It's got two floors. I'm in the, I'm in the goddamn wrong profession. <laughs> Primary school meth but i go upstairs to my bedroom where all my kit is located and i send a quick message over the the mm-hmm. comms alert london gustav headed to the village where we're going so you say leaving london stop turnbridge wells stop do you you also give a, a general time that you should be returning late to this evening tomorrow london gustav got it yes Okay. And then, you did it. And then I grab my 45, my 45, and uh, my, what would be good? I've got a 45 in Brawl, and does that count towards a knife skill? It can, or it's just okay. that you like to put, take your fist and beat people. Okay, I grab, like, my hardy leather gloves, I guess. That would yeah. be good for punching. <laughs> yeah, you've actually had, you've actually had something sewn, maybe coins or something sewn into the knuckles, things mm-hmm. that are hidden under the leather to make the punch a little bit more substantial. Intimidate the, the primary school. She's the teacher all the kids do not want to get. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I said she had mystery and no metagaming, but like, I'm just putting that in my pocket and, and then I grab my gun. Listen, your multiplication, <laughs> your multiplication tables are very important, children. I'm going to need you to know your one through nines by the end of the day. So just for the sake of the, for the cause everybody's announcing their stuff. So I'm not just pulling things out of the air later. Catherine picked up at her apartment, a rather extensive medical kit in a, in a bag that she can sling over her shoulder right. as well as a 45 and a 12 gauge pump shotgun. How are you going to walk out with a 12 gauge shotgun? Yeah. How, how are you, how are is you, that going to happen? <laughs> We'll make it work. I have no shame. All right. So in it's, some it's... form of violin case, you have a sawed off 12 gauge pump shotgun. It's sawed off, isn't it? Mine is, mine is, um, no, it just says pump. It's probably sawed off though. Cause oh. not, not a pump. <laughs> so it's not a I don't a think pump the pump then. is set off. Okay. I don't, because the, the range is different on it. So now that we've got out of the way that our investigators are fully loaded to hunt, whatever could come their way, you make your way out to the, to the taxi and everybody heads towards Sid's place. John, you're in, you get inside the club real quick and the gentleman, Akarsh is there and he says, I um, greet Mr. Beddows. Yep. Yeah, he says, Oh, you almost caught me at the end of my day. So I was about to t- hand over to the evening. I do apologize to him uh, for the, for the late hour um, and for the shortness of my request, but time is of the essence. And I request from him uh, a car maps uh, for the the town and city here is also uh, for the uh, the region around uh, a hamlet called Tunbridge Wells. If you would, I also tell him I'm not going to be able to make it back to my room to get my long gun. So if I could see the master at arms to arrange for a a long gun like I usually carry, that would be uh, very helpful. Okay, so um, he's able to arrange that for you, the master of arms. Uh, actually, give me a luck roll on the master of arms. 
It's still before five o'clock, so you're you should be okay. If not, they can. That is successful. Okay, so right now you're able to. Uh, they set you up with another another firearm. They are able to get a car for you. It's somebody who has a car dealership and allows you to take a car, whatever it is. They they vouch for you. They sign a a voucher, whatever it is, and they do give you a map of the London, the center of London, and out towards the west, and then the roadways leading out towards Bath and Tunbridge Wells. That whole thing probably, yeah, it's probably closing in on about four thirty quarter to five. By the time you get, you know, you get to the car and 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 make your way over to Sid Poulter's, you arrive there and you're busy driving. You're looking in the rearview mirror, but you're not seeing anything quite out of the ordinary. Nothing that's, you know, throwing your your radar off saying that you're being followed at this point. The others are there. They've gathered in the lobby. You pull up. By the time everybody gets loaded, luggage is in, conversations go off. We'll just say that you parked and everything else. It's going to be, we'll say it's close to 530 by the time you're on the road. Reading Sid, I say, uh, any of you good good at the wheel? I'm from Brooklyn. Yeah. I can't any, any of you particularly good at the wheel? I've I can drive a car, mate. I mean, if I needed to. I'm from Brooklyn. All I know how to do is take a train, take a bus, and... Yell taxi. Exactly. <laughs> so Sid... You can drive, Sid. If you'd like Sid. to drive, I, I'm okay at the wheel. But if uh, but if you're a little bit more uh, handy, um, happy to uh, to slide into the passenger seat. Shotgun. Wow. As I hold my shotgun, I feel literally. like I feel like that's too soon, shotgun. John. We all might still be in trouble because you did disarm a man <laughs> with a shotgun. With a shotgun. Oh, too anyway. soon. Too, too soon. soon. It's a girls' club in the back seat. Whoa, whoa! Oh, come on, ladies. <laughs> I request to sit by a window. Well, I mean, this is Miss Daisy's. Yes. <laughs> we won't have to worry about the about these boys being rude or so, untoward. So no one has no. eaten since breakfast. Um, <laughs> That's a thing we have to worry about now? I had tea. Catherine's <laughs> okay. chewing on lead. She's ready for bear. Why I had tea I, just, just before heading to the I, meeting, remember? Why am That's I chewing true. on lead? Because of the two weapons you're carrying. Oh. So everybody just make me a con roll that didn't right. have that didn't have a, a, a short T in about 1030. Okay. One. One. Oh. Oh now I now oh, I there we go. Yeah. Did you not? There we go. One. I feel nothing. Yeah, it's just um, a meal. It's just a meal. A lot of fag will be fun. It goes, okay. one time I spent three days in a cave off the coast of Panama. <laughs> I once spent three I days with an arrow in my testicle. 72. You can roll a 95 and still pass. So Yeah. yeah. yeah um, who gives a shit about hunger? <laughs> Catherine, the, Catherine, the one sugar, of the great constitution. Not, not this group. Okay, so nobody's... Uh, That's a mistress we don't know. Nobody's really uh, concerned about the fact that they haven't eaten, they don't need to uh, take care of anything or, you know, take care of any uh, situations with personal hygiene or stops. So Didn't... we have an adult, we have a full group of adults in the 1930s getting the back of a speeder and we're heading out to Turnbridge Wells. Everybody's Didn't... good. Nobody thought to be the mom friend and just bring a snack. The mom um, so friend? The snack yeah. in the 1930s, like you're not just going to grab a bag of Dorito, a Cool Ranch Doritos. It's going to be a yeah. you know, sandwich. Sure. A little bit, yeah. You'd have to have like a basket with some sandwiches in it, or everything would have to be made or prepped. It's England. You'd have uh, you'd have meat paste sandwiches. Yeah, you could do yeah. that. Yeah, you have a meat. You, yeah, you could have a pork pie. Pork pies are eaten cold. You yeah, gotta that, say it though. You gotta say it with the accent though. Porky pie. Thank a you. Pork pie. I now I can't do it. My accent's completely <laughs> screwed up now today. 
I'm sure so, Mr. Reese will have food at his uh, manor, whether he'll give it to us or if he's not there, then. You said pork pie. I had to. Sorry. Oh, I got my headphones on. Won't, won't stay on. For the viewers, um, Scott, or Professor John Schooley, as you know him, has just pulled on a hat. Like That's a called bowler. a pork pie. Okay. Oh, is it pork? pork okay. That hat is called a pork pie. <laughs> All right. So the, the, drive out, the drive out of London is fairly um, uneventful. It, the, you know, in London itself, uh, with the streetcars and everything, the, the traffic, it is 5 o'clock. People are trying to get to the train station. It's a little bit slower. It's 5.30, actually. It's a little bit slower. But the train wouldn't have been much better because you probably wouldn't have made the 5.05. Uh, it would have been really tight. So you're on your way. Figure you're outside of the city limits by about 6.15, 6.30. Uh, you have a 45-minute drive, uh, you know, following the, the actual carriageway. And you're, you find yourselves heading eventually into, Turn, into Turnbridge Wells. Now, Sid, uh, you didn't drive this last time. You actually were driven from the train station up to the estate, but you have a general idea of where it is. So okay. why, don't you just, why don't you just go ahead and make me um, – give me an intel roll. Make sure you didn't get lost. I do have the map. Uh, yep. Uh, the estate grounds, It's it, again, it's a country map. You have a rough idea where you're at. It, it, you should gotcha. find. I'm nowhere. I'm, I'm nowhere it is, yes. mate. I'm not, I'm not <laughs> lost. I've driven a car. Right. I've been there. Right. It's a sweet, it's a sweet swank place. Right. So you, uh, with that role, you're fine. You, you get there. That's a hard uh, success. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so out of London by six fifteen, six thirty, run up, closing in on a little after seven. By the time you get, you get into Turnbridge Wells, make the turns off to the country lane, drive up to the house. We'll say it's just a little after seven thirty. It is getting a little bit darker, but it's not dark yet because, you know, it stays in May. Probably sundown around six thirty, seven o'clock, and yeah, so it's it's twilight right now. Would be probably where you're at. And as you drive up to the estate house, it has a, a front entrance, but the gates appear to be always open. It's not like they have anybody opening and closing. It's it's more ornamental. And as you drive up to the house, uh, the house is dark. Shit, oh dear. Well, so we you, drive up. Yep. So you make your yep. way up to the house. The driveway itself, off of the lane, uh, is probably about. 150 200 feet uh and then it comes into a small circular it's all gravel and stone the house is finished like i said it's very very pretty but everything on the inside is dark you have no light it is you can tell it is wired for electricity you do see the wires hanging from a pole that was positioned near the, the street and several's coming up the lane but you see no lights on there's no car in the in the oval circular part of the driveway there is a small uh, garage off to the side that may have a some sort of a car or vehicle in it could also be for a larger tractor because of the amount of property they have for, for cutting grass and things. But at this point, the, the house looks empty. Well, I think right. uh, we came here for who's a got, reason. Who's got a torch? Um, I'll knock on the door. Okay, so the car pulls up, stops, everyone bails mm -hmm. out. Um, well, let's let's approach this, you know, carefully, yeah. if we will. Is there is there a torch in the car? Is there one in the glove box? Uh, give me a uh, – I'll tell you what. I'll either give you an automatic success if someone's willing to spend – or the group's willing to spend 10 luck points total or somebody can make the role interjection um one of Faye's talents is that she's resourceful so would that apply so actually Faye, you can you can spend for a torch you'd only have to spend two luck points and there's automatic you go through and you're like oh i did bring one and she pulls out a torch from her overnight bag and hands it to sid i do that i'll, okay. I'll gladly spend the luck point Catherine is also resourceful may i do the same if you need another torch sure I feel in case we want to split the group into two. Oh, very, always very a good idea. Yeah. Split us. All right, I will. Um, I will load my gun because it's not normal to wander around with a fully loaded gun. Okay. So I'll load my gun, have that prepared, 
in, in my pocket, my jacket pocket, I guess, to pull out as needed with my hand in there, and I'll, I'll uh, sort of lead the group towards the house. I, too, load my revolver, and I have my medical bag with me. Okay. Does she load the elephant gun? That's the question. <laughs> no. <laughs> All right. So everybody, everybody's generally armed yes. with a pistol. Is anybody armed with something bigger than a, than a pistol at this point? I, I have the sawed-off double-barreled shotgun. That's in your hand. I take... In my, I take my overcoat off. I leave it in the car. I do take some shells and put them into my pocket. The gun is loaded. So we have a sawed-off shotgun and various pistolas throughout the group. So you. And Catherine has a shotgun as well, a pump shotgun. Uh, are is, uh, right? Are you bringing the pump shotgun at this point, Catherine? I have a lot to carry. Does someone? I mean, what do you want a gun to a gun boy? I mean, I don't. <laughs> gun weapons gun are they? Boy. I, I don't. I don't want to be like encumbered if I'm carrying too much stuff. And plus, do we don't. What are you, Svengali? I mean, it, it's you're walking towards a door, people. Do I have a backpack? <laughs> I have the okay. I have the shotgun. Somehow we've strapped that to me as well. Yeah, you hear behind you, Imshi Umgawa, and they start bringing up all your luggage. What the um, heck, Imshi? I don't know what you're referencing, but Hell Ross would like a rucksack and her weapons. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so everybody has their pistols out with the exception of John, who's carrying the infamous sawed-off shotgun, coats off, shells in pocket. Who goes and knocks on the front door? Faye. Faye. Faye, there is a... You knock. There is also a, a pull string or some sort of device to ring a bell inside the house. Which one do you prefer to do? Is it actually a pull string that will ring a bell, or is it something else? <laughs> Architecturally, you're fairly confident that it should ring a bell. Okay, let's ring the bell. You pull what were you expecting? I don't, I don't know. Maybe something to fall from above. I. This isn't for my death, Mel. It's dark. I'm scared. I'm so far from Brooklyn. I don't know what's going on. So who are the two people carrying the torches? Uh, me. I think Catherine, right? Yeah. Oh, Thank so you Faye, have. you have a torch at the door. Oh, I thought I had the torch. I thought so, too. I gave my torch to Sid. Okay. Sid, Sid, make a spot hidden roll. Faye, you ring the bell. No. A giant piano falls out of the sky. <laughs> I don't see the piano as it drops. Okay. The bell rings. There's no answer. Okay, I knock. Okay. Gung, 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 gung. Catherine, Aveline, and John make a spot hidden roll. I just made it with a 64. Um, successful. 33 success. Okay. Catherine, yep. there, is, there is a black noxious fluid uh, that has creeped from under the door and Faye is her left foot. The toe of her left foot is standing is, is in it already. Uh, something has oozed from under the front door. No words, no nothing. It's not like I freak out about it, but I grab her and I pull her back from the, from the sludge. Jesus cat. What are you doing? Everybody sees. Yeah. The others look down. It's oh my it, God. Catherine. It's, it, it's very apparent to you that there's blood on the floor. This is blood. There's obviously something horribly wrong inside that house. So we... the front of the the front of the house is uh, two stories. Uh, there, this is the main walkway up. There's two stairs. It's got a, a landing, the bell, the knock. Uh, the blood is coming out through, or the black fluid, which Catherine has identified as blood, is now pooling from inside the door. There are windows on the lower level, and there are, it, you know, the house is probably about. I'd say 40 or 45 feet across the front facade, and then it goes south backwards. It is quite deep. Its its structure is deeper than it is wide. So it's again, it's an estate type home. But there's two levels, and this this is where you're at. If there more than likely would be a rear entrance as well, just giving that you guys the heads up. Okay. Um, I think we need to 
into this building as soon as possible, and I think we should find a back door to try a window. Well, how about we just try to see if the door is locked? Yeah, how about that? Okay, well, I think that everybody should stand back then, and one person should open the door, but quickly get out of the path of the door. Does the door open inward or outward? Inward. Okay. So, Faye, are you taking that job on? You're opening the door? Hand the torch back to whoever is closest to me, and just instruct them on. Probably nope. Aveline, since John is holding a sawed off, it's probably he wants two hands on that. So I give it to Aveline. I get my pistol at the ready, just in case in one hand, and then I try to open up the door with my other. Okay. You, you throw open the door. Uh, the torchlight dances a little bit, kind of, you know, searches the darkness. You see, a, you see a, a central staircase going up, like a center colonial type type thing where it goes up into the two sides. There is blood all at your feet. And as the, the torches move around and they're like, what do you see? What do you see? It illuminates over a body for a second and make a sanity check. I do not make it. Okay, roll a d6. So you're permanently down two points of sanity. You drop your pistol on that roll and you back away screaming. Faye is literally, and she nearly stumbles and falls down the steps. Aveline catches onto her, grabs her. Catherine looks in real quick, sees it. The body of what appears to be a male servant. So Sid's illuminating the body. The body has been eviscerated the head has been caved in so the side of the face is just brutally damaged like blunt object trauma no like sharp heavy implement just coming down over his skull oh oh, okay and inside from what you can see there's just an absolute mess of uh ribs rib cages you know ribs cracked and 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 the internal body is just is just been savaged. Wow! So that's right. all right. So he's been very physically, visibly destroyed. So yeah, the amount of blood that's pulled out of the body was it's it's pretty much emptied its contents. Does and, it look know, like okay? So is he close enough to the door that this servant opened the door and whatever was trying to get in killed this guy? Like, is that what we can kind of discern? That's yeah. With your medical background, it discerns that you look like he's he's within five, let's say eight feet of the seven feet of the door. Like he started to back away okay. and was just a, savagely, gruesomely attacked. Catherine, also make a sanity roll. I under, I remember your skill, but just make it for me. Uh, we're good. Forty five. Okay. All right. Yeah, you you suffer no trauma from that from what you've seen. I mean, you're yeah. tough. You're hardened. So okay. So you relate to everybody. Um, Butler's down, and and he was hit pretty hard, brutally. Faye, you are trembling by the car you don't want to go in this shook you to the core you've you've been good with bones but never flesh i've never seen a fresh before like this mutilated someone slap her in the face or something like she yeah you gotta calm her down they they calm her down they start to get a control of her but she is insistent she is not going inside that house Uh, did somebody grab my gun for me yeah we picked that up oh just just, somebody picks up the gun gives it back to you um, we need to investigate that house. Yeah. Well, you're doing it without me because I'm not going in there. Yeah. You does somebody want to, you got to try. Somebody want to stay here with Faye? Faye, do you want to go around the back? I want to go in there at all. I don't think anybody should be left alone. No, I meant like go with somebody, but like, so you, so you can enter the, the, the house and not walk past. Yeah, but no. we don't know what else we're going to see back there. Yeah, Fair. Lauren, she, she had a, uh, a, a critical fail. Okay. Um, on a, on a, a sanity I'm, check. She's not going to want to go in that I'm house. I'm responding how my character would. Absolutely. So until the lights come on and everything is secured, then she'd probably make her way. But right now, under these conditions, she's not entering that house. 
until I know what's in that house, I'm not going in there. I'll lock myself in the car. I don't care. I've got a gun. I can protect myself, but I'm not going in there. Okay. Sounds um, good. I, I mean, I'll stay with her. If they want me to stay with her, that's fine. I'll hand off the uh, the, the light to somebody else, the torch. You know, she have, should not be have, alone. We have somebody who's been brutally murdered and have no idea if there's somebody still here or what the situation is. None of us should be on our own. No. That's true, but if she's not getting, if she's not going to go into the house, what are you going to do? Right. Force her so the somebody door? just has to. No, no, I'm saying somebody needs to stay with somebody her. Wait, you're right, somebody Sid. wait by the car. Like, yes, yeah, Sid said he'll do it. Yep. Yeah, so I'll, I'll do it. I can. I'll hand off my torch. We'll walk back to the car and we'll stay. We'll okay. wait in the car if if that's what Faye wants to do. All right. So yeah. I think I think Abilene should continue to be holding a torch. Are you cool with that? I'm fine. I'm going in. All right. Let's do this. Okay. So anyone who enters the the building the shock of the corpse make me a sanity check that would be uh catherine already did Faye already is outside sid's outside so it's just aveline and john that's a, is it just unfortunately just because we were un unexpecting that or i mean it's certainly not anything i haven't seen before it's it's you've seen men shot john you've seen men mutilated by bombs you haven't seen someone ritually torn up and, and shredded yeah i failed I, too this, i got a Okay, um, so you're each just going to lose. It's successful. Okay, so you're going to lose a point of sanity, Kayla. Going in, do you turn the lights on? What do you guys want to do in the grand foyer? Well, what's um, the uh, what's what's the layout? There's so there's the, rooms uh, off to the left and right. Yeah, it's the gen it's a generic left right. You know, main staircase up, going up at the center. You can, you know you think you can smell probably like a cook like food be that was being cooked off to the back left. But generally, yeah, it's a general estate house. You're going to have a sitting room up front, some sort of a, a living room further in, dining room but near the kitchen in the back. And you said it was uh, it was sun sundown, but not dark yet. Uh, it's getting darker, but it's not quite. It's not. It's twilight. It's it's you know. There's a little bit of light left to the sky, but not a lot. So we can we can see. Yeah. You know, in the I rooms. Think, I think it's uh, not a. I think yeah, it's rooms, not a bad idea to put the lights on. The rooms of the house entering them are it's an adjustment for your eyes but you have probably about 15 or 20 minutes before it becomes dark dark where you're gonna you know the torches won't be just aiding you they'll be the only light you have unless you turn the lights on i think just a, an initial investigation of this immediate area um just to make sure there's no no one else in here before we start because the minute you start turning lights on you've you know announced your location and presence okay so go ahead make a cursory glance of this uh, there is some damage. There's a, a small table that was overturned. A vase has been smashed. The flooring itself is is a very nice. It's a very pretty, larger style of um, ornamental tile. Done very, you know, very tasteful. But again, very British entryway. You know, what you put your wellies down. There's no obviously if they come in through the front door. Maybe there's a back mudroom. But um, that's pretty much what you see in here. Everybody, give me a listen roll. That's in the house. Boy, lots of fails tonight. I gotta. Yeah, I got a 92 on a listen. Okay. Catherine? I don't hear anything. Okay. So everything appears to be fine and normal. Sid, you're sitting with Faye, kind of keeping right. everything, mm -hmm. keeping her calm, keeping everything quiet, all the way out in the field, you know, from the house, probably because the, the lights of the of the, the car are off. The car has been, you know, is, is no it's not idling, it's down. Far off in the, off in the field, you believe you see movement happen and it's it's going away from the house from the estate in towards the woods okay uh what is Faye's state is she just a complete mess right now Faye is calm in the car Faye is not going in the house not yet okay um like i said once it's secure it's been checked lights are on you know the whole place is lit up like a beacon she's fine but she cannot go in the way she is she's failed the role 
So it basically looks like someone, whoever was in the house, bailed, uh, bailed out of the house, and is heading into the woods, across the field into the woods. That's what it might look like, or away from the house. You see a, a lone figure making their way for the woods. Does okay. she do this too, or is she kind of just doing herself? Go ahead, make a spot hit roll on that one, Mel. I'll, I'll give you. You know, you need a hard success to have actually seen it. So no, yeah, you, you're just I'm... you're still you're still staring at the front door. You're worried about them inside. You're sort of I, preoccupied. Okay. Yeah. You didn't I had it between my knees. I'm just trying to like. Yeah. Sid only catches right. it because he actually sees it actually, you know, halfway across the field by the time his eye catches it. I, I think I make the decision not to tell her at this moment because it's not going to make the situation better. I want her to try to recover from what she's dealing with and rather than set her off and make her crazy uh, where she bolts down the road or something on me. Okay. That's fair. All it's going to take is one more Catherine Ross type role and she's out of here. Yeah. Oh dear! Wow. So uh, you all search. You know, you search with the torch that you have. You, you're moving around. You kind of open the doors to you know the first couple of doors that you have in the home. There's nothing that nothing appears to be uh, in a cursory view. Nothing appears to be out of sorts. You make your way. You, you look over the grand staircase and you see the body of a young boy of about twelve and, on the stairs. Yeah. Same same situation. Uh, no. A little different. Uh, hit from behind. Definitely cut down. As he was As going of... up the stairs to run? Yes. And it's definitely obvious by fingernails uh, on the stairs that he was trying to, to hold himself from being pulled down and dragged. Oh. You, all heavy you... does... How Sorry, heavy that... does he look? 12-year-old boy, 90 pounds, 95 okay. pounds. Um, Captain, should you go You know, check him out? Make sure? I mean, is it obvious I mean... he's dead? or? Yeah, no. Uh, yeah. Yeah, he's Catherine, not... You... You go ahead and you you give him a, the once over. There's he wasn't just hit in the back of the skull. He received several other heavy shots to the to his ribs and side of his of his whole back is soaked in blood. He was cut down, you know, as he was running. There's um this this poor boy. There's nothing I can do for him. Like the man at the door, he is he's he was gone long before we got here. Actually, actually, how, if the blood is black but sludgy, would I know how long they've been dead? Approximately, make it because it, you're still in the dark and you don't have all the lights on and you're doing this okay. quickly. Just mm-hmm. give me a medical roll. A uh, 44 out of 75. At least two, three hours. Okay, so these these bodies have been dead for at least two hours, if not three. And you hear a floorboard creak over your head, and that's where we'll end it for tonight. Thanks for listening to this episode of Cthulhu in Cairo. You can like, share, and subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts. The music you're listening to is Return of the Mummy by the great Kevin McLeod. Join us next time to see where our intrepid explorers find themselves next.